Battleground states have become literal battlegrounds, especially in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Take a listen to what's going on on the street there. Those are real gunshots. They've been going on now for days in Kenosha, Wisconsin, ostensibly prompted by an officer-involved shooting, not an officer-involved killing. Really, though, this isn't about that specific incident. That isn't about any other particular incidents. This is about the 2020 election. The theorist Clausewitz famously said that war is the continuation of politics by other means. Well, it looks like we're pretty deep into other means territory. We will examine what it means for the election. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from yesterday from Sergeant Buck. Joe Biden says, vote for me, I'll be a nice guy. Donald Trump says, vote for me, I have a to-do list. Yes, that's true. That's a good way to put the difference in this election. You've got Donald, Donald Trump saying, look, here's my agenda. Here's what I, I've done so far. What have you got to lose? You might not like my personality, but I'm going to do all these good things. And Joe Biden just says, look, I'm a nice guy. You remember me? Remember the good old days? We'll restore the soul of this nation by continuing to kill a million babies a year and making taxpayers pay for it. I don't know. It's just all this feel-good, vague nonsense because they have no affirmative agenda, at least not one that's particularly popular. And you can see that reflected in some of the numbers, which we will get to. But I think there is an aspect of the, the political violence that we're seeing around us that, that people haven't really reported on, people haven't really acknowledged. This ostensibly for the past, what, three, four months, more than that even, this has been an anti-police protest and, and then riot and then, you know, madness all around the country because the police are racist and they're gunning down innocent people all over the country. Now, we know that the premise of that is not true, but what about even the claim that this is an anti-police protest? There was a, a, a guy, a, a reporter goes out into the field and he's covering, seeing how everything's going. He gets a gun pulled on him. He gets a gun pulled on him by some marauding rioter who who just pulls it out of his pocket, points it at his head, and then keeps walking. The guy keeps walking, right? This is not how politics is supposed to work. Is this an anti-journalist protest? No, but I don't think it's an anti-police protest either. Most especially because there is a guy who, uh, I guess one of the demonstrators or rioters, who knows, who ended up getting shot in the head. I'm not going to play the clip itself. Uh, just take a listen to the first thing that they call for the minute that this guy gets shot. Get away! Get no. the light! Put pressure on it! Put where? pressure on it! Where? Dude? Where? Where's the hole? Wait, where are you in? Where are you in? Here in his head! In his head! Come on! Put pressure! Put pressure! Put pressure! Call the police! Call the police! Keep your eyes open! Keep your eyes open! Call the cops! call the police at the anti-police protest. I didn't want to play the clip itself because it's kind of gory to watch a guy get shot in the head. I don't think there's any reason to do that. But what you just heard is pretty important because what it shows you 
is that there is a fantasy element to everything that's going on, and even the demonstrators know it. Even the people who are going out saying this is about anti-police, the minute that real bullets start flying, what do they say? Call the cops, call the police, please, we're done playing, we're done pretending. I'm sorry, it's as though they had woken up out of some kind of a fog, right? That, that raises a question. What is this really about? I don't think it's about anti-cop. I don't think it's about race. I don't think it's about any of that stuff. I think it's all about the election. I think you are seeing political violence in the run-up to a major presidential election because the left has had Trump derangement syndrome now for more than four years and they were not going, they, they didn't intend to allow the election to turn out that way in 2016 and they sure don't intend to let the 2020 election keep President Trump in power. They will do anything in their, in, in their power to lie, to cheat, to steal, even if it causes violence, even if people are dropping like flies over there in Wisconsin. Is it any coincidence that this is happening in Wisconsin? I don't think so. I don't think it's just some random coincidence that the battleground state, remember the state that made the difference in the 2016 election happens to be right now where all this violence is taking place. There's a lot of evidence, though, that this, that this violence uh, does not need to take place, that this is, not, this is not being spurred by grassroots events. It is being encouraged by people who, at the top of the Democratic Party, are increasingly desperate and hysterical to hang on to power, now even threatening not to concede the election. We will get to more of that evidence, but first, got to thank our friends over at Liquid IV. Very important to stay hydrated with the LA heat wave, you know, the... the uh, Great friends over there at Liquid IV may not be able to put out the wildfires, but Liquid IV will quench your thirst and hydration needs. Liquid IV just launched their newest line, the Energy Multiplier. This thing is absolutely fantastic. With roughly 100 milligrams of clean caffeine, it is the perfect coffee replacement and an all-natural alternative to processed energy drinks for a sustained energy boost throughout the day. Think, the thing I love about these guys, I, I get a little nervous about the energy drinks you buy at the, at the gas station, for instance. You know, I don't know about all that stuff. Liquid IV, though, it's so simple. It's got cellular transport technology, delivers the optimal ratio of nutrients for more efficient uptake. It's great. I like it. Some people like it after they've gone and done a little athletic activity. You know that I don't do a whole lot of that. But after a couple Coca-Colas with the boys out, uh, it also makes the next morning pretty bearable. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Knowles. <laughs> use code Michael, rather, not Knowles. You have to use the other half of my name at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at liquidiv.com. Start fueling your adventures today at liquidiv.com, promo code Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. So, obviously, it's very difficult when the bullets are ringing out and people are dropping like flies to defend the rioting. But CNN is going to take on the challenge. So CNN on Wolf Blitzer's program, they've got the headline America in crisis and, and they point out an honest chyron underneath. They say 8 p.m. curfew ordered after violent protests over police shooting of unarmed black man in Wisconsin. So it's already still quite a provocative chyron. Now take a listen to what happens as the segment progresses. First, let's go to CNN's Omar Jimenez. He's in Kenosha for us. Uh, Omar, this incident was captured on video. We want to warn our viewers, uh, the video is graphic, very hard to watch. But set the scene for us. Walk us through what you're learning. 
That's right, Wolf. Well, there are a lot of investigations playing out right now trying so to figure out what away. led up to Jacob Blake being shot. But what we do know for sure is that people are angry. They have expressed that anger. And there it is. 8 p.m. curfew ordered after protests over police shooting of unarmed black man in Wisconsin. What happened to the violent? Violent is gone. No more violent. I guess the protests magically got more peaceful in between that because some editor over there at CNN decided, nope, we cannot permit this to go up there. It's a little too honest. So you've got the mainstream media coordinating with elected Democrats and most importantly, the Democratic activists, the terror arm of the Democratic Party, BLM and Antifa on the ground who were ginning up this violence and now causing people to be shot. How pervasive is that power of the mainstream media? Well, the Republicans have the answer to that. And I got to give them credit. These party conventions are not great TV. They usually are pretty tone deaf about what's going on in the country. But they made one really excellent pick at the Republican National Convention. They chose to have the Covington kid come out and speak. Not some polished politician, not some activist whose name we've known forever. It's that kid who was wearing the MAGA hat at the National Mall. He was right in front of the Lincoln Memorial and he, he was just standing there at a pro-life rally. This crazy Native American man comes up and starts banging a drum in his face. A group of black supremacists called the Hebrew Israelites were shouting all sorts of terrible names. And the mainstream media decided to try to ruin this kid's reputation, destroy his life, pounce on him, all of the above. Now, actually, uh, this kid sued CNN. He sued the Washington Post. He sued other news organizations. So far, CNN and the Washington Post have settled because they knew that he was in the right. So the RNC gets Nick Sandman to start speaking in front of the Lincoln Memorial, where it all started, on the power and the corruption of the mainstream media. Well, the media portrayed me as an aggressor with a relentless smirk on my face. In reality, the video confirms I was standing with my hands behind my back and an awkward smile on my face that hid two thoughts. One. Don't do anything that might further agitate the man banging a drum in my face. And two, I was trying to follow a family friend's advice, never to do anything to embarrass your family, your school, or your community. Before I knew what was happening, it was over. One of Mr. Phillips' fellow agitators yelled out, we got him. It's all right here on video, and we won, Grandpa. What I thought was a strange encounter quickly developed into a major news story, complete with video footage. My life changed forever in that one moment. The full war machine of the mainstream media revved up into attack mode. They did so without researching the full video of the incident, without ever investigating Mr. Phillips' motives, or without ever asking me for my side of the story. And do you know why? Because the truth was not important because the truth was not important. This is something we've been saying on this show now for, well, for a very long time, but in recent memory over the past few days, which is, it's not that the mainstream media intentionally lie all the time. It's not that the mainstream media want to invert the truth all the time, though sometimes they do. It's that the mainstream media don't care about the truth. They don't care. The truth is completely irrelevant to what the mainstream media do. It's not that they're constant liars. It's that they're cynics. 
they think the truth do, doesn't matter. They are there to propagandize for the Democratic Party. And so are the protests violent or not violent? Doesn't matter. Move the Chiron around. Who cares? What makes us look good? Which is the best way to position us? Whoops, sorry, we left that word violent in there. Can't do that. That's what Nick Sandman saw. And he goes on to make a pretty interesting point there. He says that what we've been seeing all around the country is a media that is pushing anti-Trump, anti-conservative, and anti-Christian narratives. So don't forget, this is a Catholic high school student who was attacked because he was at the March for Life. There is a bit of a Christian element here too. And I think this was so brilliant. I mean, I think this guy has a, a lot of political clarity and vision here which is all of these issues that we're talking about are not just the surface level issues. They go down much deeper. To use the specific example of Wisconsin, this is not just about the shooting of some black man who had a warrant out for his arrest for sexual assault and domestic abuse who was reaching into a truck. It's not just about that. Why was it in Wisconsin? Why is it happening right now? Why is this being popularized by the media? Because it has a political angle to it because the Democrats and the left believe that this will help them win the election. Same thing with the mail-in ballots. Why is the left suddenly the great champion of the post office and, and trying to get everybody to mail in their votes? The, the CDC, Dr. Fauci, all these people say we can vote in person. So why are the Democrats trying to keep people from voting in person? Don't the Democrats want people to vote? No, the Democrats just want people's votes. So the, the easiest way they can collect people's votes is by having them stay home, mail them in, and then they can implement their corrupt voter fraud schemes that they've implemented many other times in many other places around the country, including recently in New Jersey. It goes down a little bit of a level deeper. You've got to see through the news. And what Sandman is seeing is it doesn't just stop at the political level. It has a cultural level too. And ultimately it has a religious quality. Because as Henry Edward Cardinal Manning, one of our favorite guys to quote on this show, is he says, at bottom, all human conflict is ultimately theological. And that's what we're talking about, different visions of the world, different visions of life, different visions of work, different visions of what our purpose is here. Actually, that, that YouTube question that we mentioned from yesterday at the top of the show is pretty apt here, and it's apt for how the Republican Party is looking at the election. You've got Donald Trump saying, here's a list of things I'm going to do. And then you've got Joe Biden saying, I'm a nice guy and the other one is a mean guy. So vote for the nice guy. But this has important implications specifically for race, which we will get to in one second. First though, I got to thank our friends over at ReadyWise. Now is a better time than ever to be prepared with long-term nutritional food options. ReadyWise has many options. They've got emergency meals, freeze-dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition, and new adventure meals for hiking, camping, and other outdoor activities. Now, of course, me, I'm not exactly the most outdoorsy type in the world, so it's, it's not that I'm, I'm most interested in the adventure meals. I know a lot of people are, but life is an adventure these days, folks, and you've got to be prepared, especially as you look around at some of the situations in this country. Ready-wise, the thing I love about them, first of all, they're very good. They're very high quality. I kid you not, we got, we had some samples over at the office and we had a producer who would, he would take the samples. I said, well, it's not the apocalypse yet. Is it, we're not in an emergency. You don't need to eat that. He said, I want to eat it because it tastes very good. And it did. <laughs> it does. It continues to taste very good. Uh, you should stock up now. You'll just have peace of mind and you'll have a very excellent product too that you can look forward to 
if the time does come when you will need it. This week, my listeners can get free shipping at readywise.com when entering Knowles KNWLAS at checkout or by calling 855-453-2945. ReadyWise has a 90-day no questions asked return policy. There is no risk taking the initiative to get yourself and your family prepared today. That is ReadyWise, R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E.com. Promo code Knowles to get free shipping. Think about on this question of race, the question that the Democrats ask. They ask specifically, are you racist? Are you anti-racist? Is your friend a racist? Is he or she a racist? It's all about a state of being. It's all about, are you this or are you that? Republicans and conservatives don't ask that question. We ask the question, have you been unjust to somebody on the basis of his race? Have you done a thing that would be bigoted or racist or unjust or whatever, whatever word you want to use? We talk about discrete actions. Why? Because if you look at discrete actions, you can tell that America is not a racist country or an evil country or an unjust country or whatever. You, you can see that. It's so obvious. But if you ask the vague question, are we racist? Were the founding fathers racist? What does that question even mean? That's not even a meaningful question. You have to get into the specifics. The left doesn't like the specifics. But on this question of race, which the RNC decided they had to address, uh, they had an eloquent spokesperson on racial issues. He would be the only uh, black Republican senator, Tim Scott. He comes out and he had a line for the ages. I think people are going to remember this one. He pointed out, that within the span of just one lifetime, his family went from cotton to Congress. My grandfather's 99th birthday would have been tomorrow. Growing up, he had to cross the street if a white person was coming. He suffered the indignity of being forced out of school as a third grader to pick cotton, and he never learned to read or write. Yet. He lived long enough to see his grandson become the first African-American to be elected to both the United States House and the United States Senate in the history of this country. Our family went from cotton to Congress in one lifetime. Cotton to Congress in one lifetime. That's a good line. That's a good line. And on this racial issue, which the Democrats have put forward, and the Republicans feel the need to answer. I mean, I guess the, the strongest move would have been if the Republicans didn't even feel the need to address these particularly racial questions because we could just reject the premise outright. But assuming that we're not going to do that, I thought Senator Scott did such an excellent job here of, of showing that difference between asking, are you racist? Are you not racist? And showing the tangible reality. What is possible? If a guy can go from cotton to Congress in one lifetime, America is not a racist country. If a, a guy named Barack Hussein Obama, who, who is black before there were any black presidents, if he can be elected president, this is not a racist country. America might have a lot of other problems if you're electing Barack Obama, but racism isn't one of them. And the Republicans had another one of their politicians come out and address this racial question in it was from a slightly different angle, but I think it's important, particularly in light of what's going on in Wisconsin. 
he, he was addressing Joe Biden's comments where Joe Biden said, if you don't, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. If you don't know that you're going to vote for the Biden campaign for other Democrats, then you ain't black. The, uh, first black attorney general of Kentucky uh, did not particularly care for Mr. Biden's comments. The question is, will we choose the path that gives us the best chance to meet those universal desires? Or will we go backward uh, to a time when people were treated like political commodities who can't be trusted to think for themselves? I think often about my ancestors who struggled for freedom and as I think of those giants and their broad shoulders, I also think about Joe Biden who says, if you aren't voting for me, you ain't black, who argued that Republicans would put us back in chains, who says there is no diversity of thought in the black community. Mr. Vice President, look at me. I am black. We are not all the same, sir. I am not in chains. My mind is my own. And you can't tell me how to vote because of the color of my skin. He's addressing this ridiculous irony that you hear from Biden and the Democrats, which is democracy is on the ballot and there's only one choice. <laughs> well, if there's only one choice, doesn't sound an awful lot like democracy to me. They talk a good game on democracy, Republican government, but really what they say is, Regardless of what you want, we're going to tell you how to run your lives for you, and we're going to insult you, and we're going to even insult your identity if you don't get in line and do exactly what we say. And he says, wait a second. The, the freedom, the liberty to have to vote for you in lockstep all the time is not liberty. And at a deeper level, it gets to something we've talked about now for months, which is the difference between liberty and license. Liberty uh, being the ability to do what one ought to do. License being the, the ability to do whatever one pleases. What the left is saying to the rioters and criminals running all around Wisconsin is that the only way for you to be free, the only way for you to throw off the yoke of your oppression is to go out and commit a lot of crimes and attack people and violate other people's rights. That's the only way you can be free. The reality, of course, is the opposite. The only way that you can be free is if you follow the rules, if you pay attention to law and order, if you participate in the natural give and take of Republican self-government. This is what the left has been doing for decades now. They want you to trade your exalted political freedom, the freedom to rule yourself, the freedom to rule your own passions, for a cheap license that will allow you to do some naughty things that you shouldn't be doing. That's, that's the trade they're offering. And it's not worth it, but I, you can see how it would be tempting. That's the high level of it. The low level is the typical one, which is give up some of your freedom, give up some of your rights, and we'll give you some free stuff. But, but it's broader than that. It's not just passing out welfare checks. It's it passing out a, a, the cultural license to do all sorts of bad things, but there is a cost. I think we should all know, especially as conservatives, there is a cost to everything in this life. No such thing as a free lunch. And, and the cost to engaging in this kind of crazy license in the streets is to give up your ability for self-rule. And then who comes in? The Democrats come in. And I, you could see those people in Wisconsin. They, they realized it, albeit too late. 
They were, they were LARPing. It was a live action role play of this anti-police protest. And yet the minute somebody goes down from a bullet, what do you call the cops? Call the police. It's just like a little kid who says, I hate my parents. I'm running away from home. I don't need you. And then, you know, they're, they're outside for one hour and things start to get a little cold and scary. And what do they do? They run home. They, mommy, mommy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take me back. That's what's happening with the left right now. And you almost pity them. You pity them because they've been lied to. The mainstream media, the, the liberal establishment has been lying to all of us. That attorney general of Kentucky is not in chains, as he says to Joe Biden. He is not in chains. But we increasingly may be. We may be. And it's not just on these racial issues. It does all relate to the 2020 election. But look at COVID. Look at what's going on with COVID. So right now, if you go into New York, if I were to go into, you know, I'm a New Yorker. I have a lot of friends and family in New York. I can't go visit because when you go visit, you are supposed to quarantine for 14 days. What is that? I can't go. I can't go for more than two or three days. So I'd be in quarantine the whole time. This creates a real problem if you're going to go visit New York. Well, not everybody has to quarantine for 14 days. You see, if you are a special person, if you're a celebrity, if you're someone the Democratic rulers there like, then you don't have to quarantine. There is going to be the MTV Video Music Awards there, which I forgot existed, but I guess they're still going on. The MTV VMAs are going to be in New York. A lot of people are going to have to fly in for it. They will not be required to quarantine themselves for 14 days. You see, regular old people who come in uh, will have to do so, will have to quarantine. They could face a $10,000 fine and 15 days behind bars if they don't do it. But the privileged group of Hollywood celebrities don't need to worry about that. And actually, I'm with the Democratic rulers there on their guidance for the celebrities. What I'm against is the double standard. But what the double standard shows, again, is this is not about public health. This is about an election. This is creating an environment of fear. This is about keeping the country continue to be locked down. This is about having political symbols everywhere, like the masks, and the masks have become a political symbol. Joe Biden made that abundantly clear at the DNC. This is about spreading a, an environment, a, a culture of fear. So what's it based on? Is it based on the science? Capital S with the trademark over the E? That's what Cuomo and all the other Democratic rulers told us it was. But it's not. Because if you look at our public health department, the CDC, they have now removed the guidelines asking states to quarantine for any period of time as people come in. This was on Friday. The CDC removed language in the travel guidelines that suggested the 14-day quarantine. They didn't make a big announcement about it. They don't seem to make a big announcement about any of these things. But they, they did remove that language. So have the states followed suit and removed their quarantines? No. Because once again, this is not about science or medicine or health. This is about politics. Public health in general, the CDC, right, is this, this odd thing. The left right now wants to tell us it's all about health. Public health means it's not just about health, it's about politics. Public and politics are synonymous here, right? Public and political. So it's this, it's this weird category where it's a blend of science and politics. And the politics has fully taken over if it hadn't already. Why? Because of the election. Why are other countries not doing what we're doing? Because of the election. Why do other countries not have murders going on in the streets right now in civilized places? 
because of the election. Why is the shooting concentrated in Wisconsin right now? Because of the election. This is only going to get worse. I say this as I sign off every day. It's my, uh, I don't know if you'd call it optimism or pessimism because I, I'm either saying, I guess a pessimist would say things can't get any worse. And I'm saying, no, they can, and they will. They're going to get worse until November 3rd. But don't kid yourself and pretend it's about the science. You got to be able to see through that science of public health to the public and political aspect of it. They're already admitting if on election day, they, they don't come out with the presidency. They're already admitting that they're not going to give up power. Al Gore, Saint Al, the savior of the world, the patron of, of penguins and polar bears. Al Gore came out and said that if, if Joe Biden wins and Trump won't give up power, he's, he's kind of playing through this, this fantasy war game. Then the military are going to seize control and then we'll have a coup d'etat. And then the permanent government, the bureaucracy, the deep state, they will hand power to the good people. And he whips himself up into a, for him, wonderful fantasy. It's important to say that it's really not up to him. <laughs> and uh, I hear people saying, well, will he accept the decision? Well, it doesn't matter. It's not up to him. Uh, because at noon on January 20th, uh, if a new president is elected, I, I hope Joe Biden is elected. And if that is the case, uh, the, uh, the uh, police force, uh, the Secret Service, uh, the military, all of the executive branch uh, officers will respond to the command and direction of the new president. Uh, and so it, it will not matter uh, whether Donald Trump accepts it personally or not. This is a wonderful fantasy. This is a wonderful thing to daydream about if you're a Democrat, because the Democrats hate having democratic elections. They hate that they have to go to the people because sometimes those deplorable, irredeemable people pick the wrong candidate. And don't forget, there is a right candidate. According to the science of history, it's supposed to be the left-wing candidate who wins. That's how you get progress. We all know that other than the rubes and the villains. So it would just be so much better if we could do away with this whole election and we just know it's the, it's going to be the democratic candidate who's supposed to win. And if the people won't accept that, then the military will come in and, and stage a coup d'etat, but we'll, we'll have good government in the end. Won't that be wonderful? And at least to Al Gore's credit, he is premising all of this on Joe Biden's actually winning the election, right? He says, if Biden is elected, but Trump won't give up power, then this, that, and the other thing. Some Democrats won't even go that far. You know, Al Gore himself refused to concede the election that he lost in 2000 when he was running for president. He wouldn't leave his vice presidential residence. Finally, though, he did. He finally relented. Well, other Democratic politicians are not so nice. Hillary Clinton has come out straight ahead and said that under no circumstances should Joe Biden concede the election. Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out and eventually I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch and if we are as focused and relentless as the other side is. As the other side is, I don't hear the other side saying that Donald Trump should not concede the election under any circumstances. Hillary Clinton famously called for some of the violence we're seeing around here when she said it was a year or two years ago, she said that you can't be civil with people who disagree with you. you can't be civil. What are you going to be? You're going to be violent. 
We will get to what uh, the former future president means by all of that in one second. First, though, I've got to thank you. Uh, our YouTube channel here at the Michael Knowles Show has just crossed 190,000 subscribers. That is great. We appreciate it. Ring the bell. Get some, get some notifications on the page. Uh, also, we're going to have a backstage this Friday where we will be decompressing over the RNC, and we're going to have an all-access watch party starting tonight at 8.15 Eastern, 5.15 Pacific. Matt Walsh will be live streaming the entire night of RNC speakers and watching with you, taking your comments and questions, letting you know what he thinks as well. I, Matt always does that. I don't know of any time when Matt has told you uh, or when Matt has refrained from telling you what he thinks. Uh, we'll be hosting more live watch parties every day for the rest of the week. Don't miss out. I will be joining you tomorrow. I'm very excited to capture the last night of this excellent convention. Head on over to dailywire.com slash Knowles. You get 20% off all access and two leftist years tumblers with the coupon code access. Dailywire.com slash Knowles with coupon code access to get 20% off your membership. We'll be right back with a lot more. Hillary says Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances. And here you see Hillary Clinton, whether because she's more intelligent than Al Gore or she's more in the know than Al Gore, or she just so doesn't give a damn anymore after the American people rejected her that she's willing to put her cards on the table. But what she's showing you is the democratic strategy. And it's why the Democrats are pushing so hard for universal nationwide mail-in ballots. Even when the public health professionals say there's no reason to have all these mail-in ballots, people can safely go to the polls. Why? Because it gives the Democrats an excuse not to concede the election under any circumstances. Because we're not going to know on election night. We're not going to know the winner. It's not possible to know the winner now. You have an expected 80 to 100 million people voting by mail-in ballot. We know that people are not going to hit the deadline, but their votes are going to be counted. Or, or they're, if they're Democratic votes, they're going to be counted two or three times probably. So it's going to drag on. How long? Four days, a week, two weeks? We don't know yet. But we know it's going to drag on. We know that the administrative government is on the side of Democrats. We know Democrats are much better at stealing elections at the ballot box than Republicans. We've got a lot of examples in recent days. We know that we have ballot security at polling places for this reason. But once you take the polling place out of it, it's much more liable to be a corrupted election. And that's exactly what Hillary wants. Because the deplorable, irredeemable American people were not supposed to have a say. They were not supposed to elect Donald Trump. And so what does she do? The guy gets elected. The guy beats her. She spends four years saying he's a Manchurian candidate for Russia. She's still prattling on about the Russia thing. Even though we had huge investigations into this, nothing, nothing came up. Totally debunked. It was a hoax. Doesn't matter. It's not that Hillary wants to lie all the time. It's that Hillary doesn't care about the truth. And so they're going to continue to stoke this violence. They're going to, they're going to encourage violence after the election, I'm sure. And it's going to place us in a situation where battleground states, the idea that politics is, is the civilized version of, of trying to attain your ends in war, well, we might be moving into more of a, a territory where battleground states really are battlegrounds, where war is the continuation of politics by other means. You saw this happening in the 1850s in the run-up to the Civil War. I'm not saying we have to enter into a Civil War. I hope we don't but you're seeing a lot of the same ingredients here. The parallels are a little bit eerie and the Democrats who are encouraging it, who encouraged it last time, by the way, should, uh, should 
pull it back, try to preserve civil society. I think a lot of people are noticing this, even some lifelong Democrats. You know, a lifelong Democrat called into C-SPAN the other day, and he said, I can't believe it, but I'm about to start voting for Republicans. And it was because of the difference at these conventions, not even just on the political front, not even just on the cultural front, but all the way down to that theological conflict. Take a listen. I'm a lifelong Democrat. I'm from Lorain, Ohio, which is a Democrat city in Ohio. And I just want to say after watching the convention tonight on TV, on C-SPAN here, I am definitely changing my vote to Republican. And I'll tell you what, they just put the Democratic Party, or the Republican Party to shame. I'm going to follow the Republican Party now. But why? What, what, what was it that convinced you about tonight? It was the heartfelt way they came across to the American people. And I was really touched by the number of times they used the word God. They put God into everything. And the people on the Democratic side on their convention act like they were pushing God right out of it. And that had a lot to do with changing my mind. The Democrats, of course, were pushing God right out of it. They opened the Muslim caucus of the DNC by removing the phrase under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. And they opened the LGBT LMNOP caucus of the DNC in exactly the same way. They took out the phrase under God. And this really mattered. And I know that there are going to be a lot of Democrats and a lot of squishy Republicans who roll their eyes at this. Say, oh my God, you're going to, you're going to change your vote. You're going to change your vote, which could affect really important things like marginal tax rates because of some frivolous, ridiculous phrase like under God? Oh, how unsophisticated. What rube, what rubes you must be. You must be a bitter clinger, like Obama would call you. And what those very fancy, sophisticated people don't realize is that that guy calling into C-SPAN understands more about politics than any of them do. For many years, the GOP said, let's avoid those touchy cultural issues. Let's avoid redefining marriage. Let's avoid abortion. Let's avoid immigration. Let's avoid assimilation. Let's avoid free trade. Let's avoid all of this. It's, it's a little too touchy. Let's just, let's just push for people to have a lot of stuff. And let's just talk about making everybody rich and not talk about any of the cultural issues that matter. Certainly can't talk about religion. Right? And, and those Republicans lost. They lost and lost and lost. And even when they won, they lost because they got nothing accomplished. And then that guy, that bitter clinger, that guy who's a Democrat, realizes that there's actually a spiritual battle going on as well. It's, it's why, you know, I spoke a few days ago about the Q theory and some of the other kind of more eccentric theories that are there on the right. And I feel as though I irritated everybody in my take on it, which, which I always strive to do on the show. As you know, I always try to irritate everybody. But because my take on it, I didn't talk about the specifics of the Q theory and whether or not this specific thing is true or that specific thing is true. Because I, I don't really care about that as much as I care about what it means broader politically. And the fact is this, the Q theory and, and other kinds of more eccentric uh, movements and theories that have cropped up on the internet, they, they talk about politics in explicitly spiritual terms. And that's all I care about. I don't care about the rest of the theory. The fact that, that these kinds of theories that crop up understand correctly that politics has an ultimately spiritual dimension is all I need to know that this is a natural 
uh, outgrowth of a politics that has long denied that. That's natural and, and frankly, a, a recognition that politics is, has a spiritual basis should be encouraged. People who recognize that recognize a lot more about politics than the eggheads do, the power-hungry technocrats who want to run your lives for you. It's an important element. You know, one, one issue that Republicans don't want to touch is the transgender issue. Oh, it's too touchy. It's too complicated. I can't get into it. Well, a few people have some cojones, including Doug LaMalfa, who is a, a congressman from California who just uh, put out the Protecting Children from Experimentation Act. Don't trans the kids, you could call it. This would prohibit doctors from performing the experimental gender reassignment treatments on children. Obviously, you can't reassign your gender, but you can castrate children and pump them full of hormones and, and completely ruin their biology. You can do that, and that's probably not a good thing to do to children. Puberty-blocking hormones followed by cross-sex hormones that cause irreversible damage to children's bodies, including permanent sterilization, including an increased risk of cancer, including all sorts of terrible things. This congressman came out there and said, no, we can't do that anymore. The way Republicans are going to win is not by following the squishy method of ignoring all the issues that actually matter and just trying to give people tax cuts. Tax cuts are good too, but it has to be in addition to taking on, head on, these tough cultural issues. The reason Republicans don't want to take on these tough cultural issues is because Democrats get violent and they encourage violence and they, they get vicious when you do that sort of thing. Look at what's happening in Wisconsin now, all because of the election. That's not a reason to pull back. In fact, that's evidence that when we talk about these cultural issues, we're right over the target. We're doing exactly what we should be doing because Democrats aren't threatened by low taxes. They can always just raise the taxes again. What they're threatened by is changing the cultural perceptions in the country or by giving voice to the cultural positions that already exist and by veering off the course of progress with a capital P that involves massive racial division, taking away our cherished legal and political tradition, toppling George Washington, and pumping children full of hormones that will castrate them. Now that's progress. If that's progress, I'm not interested in progress. I want whatever the opposite of progress is. And there's evidence that this is working. Just look at the numbers from the two conventions. We had the DNC last week. We have the RNC this week. According to The Hill, C-SPAN's live stream of the RNC gathered 440,000 views on the internet. doesn't seem like a lot. Obviously, there are other streaming platforms. But the DNC, by comparison, only got 76,000 views. The RNC got six times the digital views, according to The Hill, as the DNC. Six times. You wouldn't know that from the media. If you just watch the mainstream media, you'd say, man, people are really sick of Trump and they really hate these Republicans and no one's going to be watching. And the Democrats, we have all these famous celebrities and really, really polished presentation here. And the Republicans, they're just kind of giving speeches and it's a bunch of members of the Trump family and it's, it's, no one wants to see that. Well, actually many, many more people do want to see that. Why? Is it because they, they happen to really like the Trump family? including all of the relatives and the children. I don't think that's why. I don't think they dislike them, but I don't think it's, it's just because of personality. I think it's because of what they're doing. You know, Ann Coulter, when she wrote that book with the hilarious title, but it was actually a very good book called E Pluribus Awesome in Trump We Trust. <laughs> what a all of Ann's books have great titles. The, the argument in the book was that 
Everyone thinks that Trump got elected because of his personality in spite of his policies. But actually the opposite is true. He got elected, he got elected in spite of his personality because of his policies. Because he actually offered different policies than any of the other Republicans on stage and different policies than any of the Democrats. He was offering voice to the forgotten men and women of, of this country, to use the campaign's phrase. That's what this is about. It actually gets back to that YouTube question we talked about at the top. Is this about a state of being? Or are you racist? Are you anti-racist? Are you not racist? Is it about just you, you, your personality? Or is it about things you're doing concretely, specifically? Concrete examples like Tim Scott gave. Which is, I think people like the concrete reality. I, I don't think we like the fantasy. I think we're waking up like those LARPers in Wisconsin who have been indulging this ideological fantasy for so long. We forgot that, as is the conservative consolation, reality reasserts itself in the end. And halfway through, when our, when our anti-police protest gets a little too rowdy and reality creeps through all of the ridiculous rhetoric, what do we say? We say, call the cops. Call the cops. Call the police. Give me law and order. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it when I was tearing down George Washington, when I was tearing down Thomas Jefferson, when I was burning the flag and tearing down my country. I didn't know what I was doing. I just got a little carried away. I had been whipped up into a frenzy by the mainstream media and by the Democratic Party and by big technology and by the administrative government and by higher education and by lower education and by the entire liberal established apparatus, which convinced me of a lie and a fantasy that I don't really like anymore. Now that I see what the reality of that is. Call the cops. Do we want our battleground states to continue to descend into actual battlegrounds and po the politics of self-government whereby we persuade one another, we have public debate, and we vote and we accept the results of those elections? Do we want that? Do we, you know, the old system, the thing we're tearing down? Or do we want all that bare knuckle brawling, more than bare knuckles, brawling with weapons, shooting each other, actual battlegrounds, the complete collapse of civil society and civil government. Which do you want? That is a choice in the election. It's not, in a sense, democracy is on the ballot, not the way that Joe Biden means it. But that is the choice in, in how we're going to conduct ourselves. What, what country do we want? Even the people who, who think that orange man, very, very bad. Do you want to continue to indulge this fantasy at our own peril, even as the bullets that, that are flying are real? Or do we want to pull back from that? Wake up tune out that fantasy and take back our government and our politics for ourselves and for self-rule. That's the choice. It's all about the election. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Widowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. Production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show 
it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Mm-hmm.